The Forum at 8 on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And we take your calls right away, 0891-104-208 at AM Live on SAFM. SMS us 34701. It will cost you just one rent. Very important issue we're discussing today. There is a growing concern in the townships around Durban that if the supplier of drugs in that area is not arrested soon, the worst is still to come. The police are investigating the deaths of at least seven learners there who allegedly took a drug believed to be a combination of ecstasy and other narcotics. The drug is also known as Mercedes. Some of the learners were hospitalized after allegedly taking the drug at the end of term party. The families of those who died are still trying to come to terms with their deaths. Among the learners who were hospitalized was a 16-year-old girl. Members of the communities have now been called to work with police in identifying those who distribute these drugs. On the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, what else can be done now to curb drug use or abuse in our communities? I have two guests, one in studio with me, Quintin van Kerken. Good morning to you, morning. Quintin. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. He is the South African Chief Executive for Anti-Drug Alliance. On the line, uh, Sam Pillay is the Director of the Anti-Drug Forum South Africa. Good morning to you, Sam. Good morning. I'm going to start here in the studio, but at home you can start SMSing 34701. Tell us what you see in your communities. Do you know who is uh, dealing in drugs? Just uh, reading a story a couple of days ago, I saw an activist in one of our communities here in Johannesburg, Indonesia, I think, uh, was threatened. She's a counselor and uh, her house was uh, petrol bombed as well. And uh, she alleges that it's the local drug dealer because uh, she is standing up and saying, not in my community, not in our name. All right. So... Uh, let me start in the studio here with uh, Quintin. Quintin, it's no secret that uh, there are severe drug problems in South Africa, but can we really begin to qualify the extent of drug usage, abuse in, in South Africa? Do you know how far does it go? It's a lot bigger than what people think. Um, we we battle with it because um, we, we do uh, um, statistics on a yearly basis. Sure. And... Um, We've just seen massive jumps year on year on year the the past eight, nine years that we've been doing the statistics. Um, I think, though, that it's, it is it is really reaching a boiling point, for lack of a better word. We're we seeing that it's now getting to the point where um, usage is way beyond anybody's expectations, mm. for lack of a better word. And um, it, it, it just tells me that uh, South Africa has a very big problem because we we don't really we have to look at the fact that now this is going to be a broad statement and work with me sure. on this one drugs aren't the problem yeah addiction's the problem what causes addiction well we know that there's a, a bunch of societal factors and, and and a lot of things that come into play there but we have to ask ourselves, why are drugs so prevalent? Well, because there's a very serious problem, deeper underlying problem in society right now in South Africa. And if we can actually uh, address those first, drugs wouldn't be uh, a problem. All right. So have we always had this problem of drug 
abuse and usage in our communities uh, perhaps was it was less reported and and we know about it now because it's uh, it's out there and uh, there's a uh, you know a concoction a combination of drugs that are deadly right now mm. or is it because then we are reporting about it then we get to know about it I think it's. I think uh, just just with the the way that the world has evolved, we're a lot more um, open and speaking about it now. Drugs have always been a problem, mm. um, or, or should I say, substance abuse has always been a problem, and we uh, we only now starting to realise. Oh, it's it's a lot worse than what we thought. The thing is, it's always been that bad, mm. and 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 we we I think. Um, a lot more people are starting to get onto the bandwagon now and say, hold on, why is it this bad? And and that's what I'm happy about, is that more people are talking about it, more people are educating themselves about it. Sam Pillay, you are the director of the Anti-Drug Forum South Africa. Why is it this bad? And uh, really, are narcotics widely available in our country? Uh, uh, Quentin making a point that, uh, you know, societal issues re- really here are at the heart of it. Do you agree? Absolutely, 100%. You know, uh, the youth now is a reflection of our society. That means um, something is just to be wrong with our society. That stems, you know, it stems from our problems in society. So, it's a multiple problem, you know, but this is just one of them. If you ask about um, availability, yes, because society problem and because the dealers use this to their advantage they make the drugs available and people just consume them in large numbers it is i agree with everything that Quinton said you know it is really really alarming it, it reached boiling point really and we've been talking about this for 11 years and people haven't been listening to in the first few years and only when the problem gets worse then only people start taking note when there's a tragedy people start taking note and I'm glad also now, well, not glad, I'm, I'm just happy that people are now taking note. But, you know, it, it's so sad that people are taking note after children die. And, but now we must use this opportunity to actually make a difference, you know, um, organization like Clinton's and ours, mm. that mm. We, we get them to start taking note and do the right thing. And, uh, you know, my, my, my issue here, Sam, is that, uh, you know, drug dealers uh, live within us. They are in our communities. Yes. They are known, yes. you know, and, and that's yes. the problem that I have. But uh, they are not reported. If they are reported, you know, you don't hear the end of that matter. So it just disappears like that. What do you know about that and how are you dealing with that as an, as an organization that is really tasked with uh, dealing with drugs in our communities? You know... You know, uh, 11 years ago when I set up the Anti-Drug Forum, we knew nothing about it. When we offered assistance to people who need assistance, we had them sitting in a circle and then they told us where the dealers are. And we made this list of dealers 11 years ago. Very excited and naive, we went to the police with this list 11 years ago. Mm. Today, 11 years later, that list with the names on them are still there. Not only that, the list is even growing. Mm. So that's our major issue. And, and we resigned ourselves to that it's not going to be got rid of. There are many gaps in the system. You know, the, the, you, know you mentioned that um, the community knows. Everybody knows every dealer. It's not that they're not reported, they're not known. It's like your neighbor could be a drug dealer. Mm. And, and everybody in the area will know who he is. 
not in just operating carte blanche. It's because of the gaps in the system. You know, when we engage the, the, the SAPS members, they say they can't catch him because we don't have evidence. Or something, when they do, um, the case gets thrown out because of bribery, corruption, and it's not investigated properly. So we are stuck here. The other issue is, you know, we don't have the specialized units um, on a permanent basis. The local police will only deal with the runners, basically, and end user. But the actual dealer, he needs investigation from high levels, you know, uh, on, on an ongoing basis. So that's lacking. So sometimes we do good work, no doubt. You know, we find an arrest of, of a dealer with, with thousands of straws or mm. kilograms of whatever. And then when we follow through, we don't get a conviction. So that too is because of the gaps in the system again. You know, we don't have a specialized court to okay. deal with these kind of matters. And those are the kind of things that we are talking about. We need to, to sort this problem out. Now, having specialized courts with qualified people to deal with this problem and and when we get hold of these guys, do the investigation properly, you know, make sure there's conviction, and the guys get locked up, their shops get closed and throw the key away. Quentin, do you find that uh, there's, there's a lot of money that uh, changes hands here? Because, I mean, if you have a list and you submit it to the police, mm. surely something must happen. And if it doesn't happen, what does it point to then? You see, I, I had this very same conversation last week on a television interview, and uh, one of the the uh, higher-ups from the Hawks was there, and uh, we were having a chat. And one of the things that I, that was brought up is that I, I said, I feel that um, the police are actually targeting what we call the low-hanging fruit. It's very, very easy to arrest a user. Yeah. Now, what looks better on, on a policeman's uh, um, uh, KPAs? <laughs> yes, yes. 400 arrests or four. Now, it's very easy to arrest 400 drug users. It's not so easy to arrest for drug king, kingpins, so you know one of the, one of the, the the very first things, and and um, I don't want to get uh, Sam uh, too too uh, excited here, but I think we we need to look at the way that legislation currently is in South Africa. Number one, if we if we want to start making an impact into people's lives regarding addiction, we really have to look at changing the current laws. Um, I've, I've said this often and I get a, a multitude of different responses, but please understand that, you, you know, science says to us that you, you have to look at something that causes the least amount of harm and th- that should be the thing that you sort of go with in life. Mm. Now, if we have to look at that, alcohol causes, what, 14,000, 15,000 deaths a year in South Africa? Sure. Okay. Drugs as a whole, nothing near that. Okay. So l- let's look at um, perhaps... This is a, this, these are broad terms once again. I say legalization very broadly. Mm. I say decriminalization very broadly because then we can actually start focusing on the kind of drugs that destroy communities and people. We can actually then go in and work on the sources it, because what's happening now is the police are spending so much time just with the masses of people that are using it. And at the end of the day, addiction is a health problem. The police have, should have nothing to do with it. The only time that it becomes a criminal problem is if an addict, like anybody else, makes a very stupid decision to steal to support their habit or to eat or to use drugs or whatever the case may be. 
let's talk for instance about uh, the the types of drugs that are commonly used and also the the sophistication of uh, these designer drugs i mean we're talking about mercedes for instance uh, coming through from uh, from durban some people talk to you about nyaupe it took uh, government quite a a while to uh, criminalize this and say it's a drug because of uh, the the elements that that are there and they're saying on on their own uh, you know those ingredients are not drugs so mm-hmm. you can, but the results are there mm-hmm. you know kids are dying every single day you can see them getting addicted so how do you deal with that you're talking about legislation mm-hmm. uh, here yeah, Quinton. here's the whole thing if if when when we criminalize something or when we prohibit something we hand over control of that to organized crime yeah okay so if if the government and and <laughs> you know i have to be very be very careful when I say these things because I get some people very angry. But if, if it helps, yes. If it helps, let's okay, go yeah, it. Let, let's go like this. Should the government actually take control over these things? All right. Number one, we can be assured of quality. Number two, we can be, uh, because at the moment, a drug can be made. Um, the, the stuff that they were using, we know. I've, I've done investigations on my own. I've managed to speak to some of the doctors involved, etc., etc. We know that there was. Um, strychnine in uh, in the pills that they were given. Um, once again, I, I had another. I was on another interview, and they were saying, "Oh, Mercedes new drug." No, it's not. Okay, it's it it falls under ecstasy because there was a little bit of methylene dioxymethamphetamine in that actual pill that the kids were taking. Sure. Okay, there there was a very little bit, but they'd used all these adulterants in it as well. And the thing is, people say, oh, it's a new drug just because it's got a new name. No. The World Health Organization has got over 1.8 million different pills on record with different names, different colors, etc., that fall under the term ecstasy. So to say it's a new drug, uh, uh, that's a moot point. It's just easy to make on a countertop very quickly. Anonymous in PE, go ahead. Good morning. How are you? How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Go straight to it. Well, thank you, man. Um, actually, I'm sorry, I'm not being uh, discriminating or what, but uh, what I've noted is that um, most people who sell drugs is, uh, is mostly, I mean, the ones that I've seen, they are coming from outside. And number two, uh, what I would like to say, um, because sometimes you come uh, to these places, the downtowns of all these places, and usually the, the they mostly sell them at night, and you, you find these buildings that are, are, are dark, you know, you, you wonder, are there people staying in this building? And okay. when you go, you come there, you see somebody standing on the outside. And you sometimes, one time I asked one guy, when I came there, I asked him, why are you standing here? You know, just chatting to the guy, I was saying, no, business, how do I help you? And you know, and you know they have everything that you can think of. And then one other thing I can tell you is that the policemen, they know these people. Mm. All right. Thanks, Anonymous in PE. Steve in King Williamstown. Um, hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, can you please answer your guest? I, I was wondering, um, what, what happens to the drugs that are being seized? Or the, the, the manufacturing uh, places where they are being discovered, mm. are they destroyed? Or, I mean... Can, can, if they can please answer this question for me, because it looks as if it's being recycled. Thanks, Steve, in uh, King Williamstown. Jeffrey in Durban. Thank you very much, Bungi. I'll be brief and short. Sure. 
I think with every problem that we encounter in any society, we've got to start from a starting point, very small. I'll give you an example. You can do a follow-up this on SAFM. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from a small town north of KZN, Mpangini. Yeah, there were boys that were stealing from goods, trains, taking fertilizer and other goods, and from local shops, and it was like a pest. What the Texas drivers, because they were slightly affected, or maybe directly affected by this, they came together, they know these boys, they know the suppliers, they brought them together. And I'm going to say something very controversial, which everybody doesn't want to hear. A child will still in the 21st century listen much more than anything, much more than television to government politics, to a stick. You put a stick on a soft part of the child, he will listen. Mm. The taxi drivers and Mpangini, they've cleaned out Mpangini rail. These boys, they've scattered. They've now gone to a nearby township. Not that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a long-term solution, but if these boys are hunted down by locals and they, without even taking them to social places, just say, you know what, this is wrong what you're doing. We're going to give you a good snack. They will stop it. That's my small contribution. I'm an African, and I still believe that if a person, without the government having to waste a lot of money and millions and involving SAPS, just give these boys, because these are boys, these are kids, give them a good snack and let the community be directly involved before you even call the government and the SAPS, sure. you can solve half of the problem. Thanks, Bong. It's not only young people who use drugs, uh, uh, Jeffrey, but thank you very much. Rex in Germiston, good morning. Uh, hi, Bongi. Um, I think the, the drug business in South Africa uh, has police involved in a long way. I will give you an example from an informed position, from a well-informed position. Um, all the drugs that passes our airports into South Africa uh, involve police. If you do not involve police to help clear your drugs, your drugs will not succeed. And that, those are the ones that are busted. But the ones that come in, let me tell you how it goes. If I have a drug mole coming in from, let's say, South America, I will have to get my own people of the SPS um, at, the, at the airport to give them the tag number of the mole coming in. As soon as the plane lands, the police goes to the area where the, 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 the bags are offloaded. They can pick that particular tag and they bring it forth. We give them their court. And that is how it, it, it comes in. So if you are going to arrest drug users, drug barons and all that, you may also need to start arresting police as well because without them, the business doesn't move. Then on the other hand, the chemical scientists we have in South Africa are the culprits as well. You call it Mercedes, you call it Nyawupe, all those are manufactured within. None of them comes from outside. Okay. All right, Rex in uh, Jamestown, thank you very much. Sam, let me come to you. Uh, you know, uh, there was a statement here that uh, came from one of our callers uh, saying that, um, you know, some of the drug dealers uh, come from the outside of the country. Uh, we did talk about drug manufacturers, but uh, also a starting point. We need to start in our communities uh, there. And, and also making a big hoo-ha about, uh, you know, police uh, confiscating 200 rand worth of drugs here and there. But uh, that, that that is for television. That is for, uh, you know, for, for radio. That's a soundbite. But what happens on daily basis on the ground? Yeah, that's where I am. On the ground, mm. we have an idiot center. We're dealing with these guys on the road, on the street. And we see it firsthand. Um, 
You know, uh, Kremlin said something about decriminalization. I want to state quite clearly, I'm totally against that because I see firsthand of while it is criminal already, how learners are affected when I'm worried, like, like legalizing DACA, for example. I'll get back to what you were asking just now. Legalizing DACA. It, I, I can't understand why would people go that route. We see the effects of it with, with 12-year-olds right now. What happens when they are doing this kind of thing? How it affects the, the, the home, how it affects him, firstly, his home, his school, his community as a whole. And to, to decriminalize it is, 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 is wrong. We are going to go into even serious, even greater problems than we have already. Um, with regard to um, uh, the question was, the community. Yes, yes. The role of the community and also in, in exposing these drug dealers. Because say, often yes. at time we talk about the users, but we, we, we refer little really uh, to the dealers who are the people who are killing our communities, I guess. Absolutely. You know, you know like I, I said earlier on, we have made the problem, like the previous caller said about the, the corruption and so on. It, it's quite right. And that, that is what is keeping this thing going. It's because it's so easy for them to to continue their trade, you know, can't blanch. It, it doesn't matter. They will take the chance of, of, of operating because there's so much money to be made. They make millions every day. So it, 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 it's the laws have to be changed. The police have to be serious. The specialized units I talked about. The community as well. You know, because, like you said, some counselor got in trouble. The dealers are pretty bad guys. They can put a hit on you, you know, and that kind of thing. That's why people are not... Um, We'll take, on, take them on, head on, go to the houses. Although we tried that, you know, we, we created a lot of uh, awareness uh, with placard demonstration outside the dealer's house, you know, and, and we didn't do anything to us. So, but we need more active um, community uh, engagement with, with the guys. Like, take the guys on in your immediate area, but there has to be a large number of people. But whether these people come forward to do that, we don't know. You know, it will depend on also a community organization taking uh, the lead and getting more support, like we have in my, my area. And this is what we're trying to do now, to engage other communities. We're setting up branches in other areas where we're working hands-on, on the ground with the people, setting up ADF uh, branches. And, you know, I think because of this problem, we're not going to be getting rid of the dealers anytime soon. I feel it is absolutely important to create this sustainable ongoing education and awareness with the learners from ground level. Okay. From, from um, like, setting up smart clubs like what we're doing in school. Because that's not happening, and, and that's where we have this problem. There's no sustainable education awareness in schools on an ongoing basis. So the learner, when he experiments, he gets addicted. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll continue with the, the, the discussion. Um, Sam Pillay, uh, who is the director of the Anti-Drug Forum South Africa. I have uh, Quintin van Kerken also in studio with me, South African Chief Executive for Anti-Drug Alliance. And you at home, 34701 at AM Live on SAFM. I would like to hear from people in uh, Chatsworth, for instance, in Durban, you have big, big problems there. Linasia South, also massive problems. Guamashu, as we know it now.
uh, you have issues with uh, drugs there. That's uh, our discussion today with uh, Quintin van, ne- uh, van Kerken, who is uh, the South African Chief Executive for Anti-Drug Alliance, and also Sam Pillay on the line, uh, Director of the Anti-Drug Forum South Africa. You at home, at the office, in your car, you can start calling now, 891 at AM Live on SAFM or Facebook, AM Live on uh, SAFM. And uh, let me read some Facebook comments now coming from from uh, Trevor Thompson, who says, Every day we see policemen collecting bribes, Giorgio, from the drug dealers, and there's nothing we can do about it. Believe me, who do you report them to when uh, the whole police structure in the area is on the take. Okay, it will be interesting to know where you write us uh, to us uh, from, uh, Trevor. And Jaugelo uh, Mosetza says, drugs are everywhere, every corner, every town, city, from rural to urban. We have uh, police everywhere, every corner, every town, city, from rural to urban. There must be, uh, there must be change, there must be a difference. Let us all be uh, the police of our own security and protect this young generation uh, for soon no one will be capable to become a leader. True that. And uh, this one coming from, it's a tweet also coming from, um, let me scroll down, uh, to Luanda, Luandile Tamane, who says to us, these dealers live in the very same community we are destroying. Nothing is done. There you have it. So let me come to you, uh, uh, Quentin. So uh, we have all these, these problems. But the mm. question really that we're asking today what else now needs to be done? Because we have all these uh, ed- educational programs about drugs and so mm. on and so on. We have the police, uh, you know, good police, uh, policemen and women also mm-hmm. uh, who are dealing with. What needs to be done now to make sure that, you know, we, we, we're not killing this generation? Because at least a good uh, 65% of this population is young people. Yeah. I, th- I think um, what, what, what Sam said is, is very true. Education is key. But how we educate is also very important. Um, going to a child and telling them drugs are bad um, is, is going to be a bit pointless when they do actually experiment with it and find out that drugs actually make you feel very, very good. Remember, people aren't going to take drugs unless it makes them feel good. Mm. Okay, so the moment you educate the, 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 the young person and say drugs are terrible for you, as soon as they try it, they go, that guy was talking nonsense because these drugs make me feel fantastic. Gives you a good high. It gives you a good high. So what, what we need to do is we, we need to educate correctly. Say to them, look, reality is it's going to make you feel fantastic. That is the reality. However, this is what can happen and probably will happen should you carry on with it. Mm. We we have to realize that children are a lot cleverer and a lot more connected than what we think. I have sat, uh, I, I do many, many school talks. Over the last eight years, I've, I've seen one and a half million school children. I have spoken at <clears throat> schools, companies, churches, um, communities. Uh, I have, I've really reached a lot of people. And one of the things that we, we know is that the, the second we start saying something, children listen intently. They may not look like mm. it, but they will listen intently. And my friend, if you give them one wrong piece of information, they will discount everything you've just said because they have a smartphone in their hands. And if you say, well, this is what could happen, they can very, very easily verify what's going on. Quentin, you, you're taking, talking from an informed place because, mm. you, you know, you, you understand very well what you're talking about. You have experience mm. of this. Mm. 
Look, I, I was an addict for many years myself. I, uh, I spent 10 years in, in a terrible, terrible addiction. I, I, I really did. I was, uh, I in fact, um, was arrested many, many times. I had, uh, I was involved in the manufacture of cats and crystal meth or tickers, as people call it. Um, yes, I have an innate understanding of it from that side. I then spent the next decade of my life um, studying, and I, I have many, many degrees behind my name now, sure. thankfully. So, yes, I, I do have an academic viewpoint as well as an experiential view, uh, viewpoint. And um, I know that drugs are really... Uh, where I heard Sam saying, oh, yes, Dacha will destroy homes. No, my friend, Dacha will not destroy homes. The, the the fact is, an addict will destroy a home. It does not matter what substance he's on. Mm. It will be interesting to know, how do you then get out of being you know, addicted for 10 years? Because it's a disease, this. It's a, and it's very difficult to, mm. to, to get out. But I, I want to also mm. talk about where do you get help. But mm. let, let's quickly take our calls here, because that, that's very important. And also families that uh, are going through this, you know. Uh, Lefi in Valcom, good morning. Hello. Hi, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it's a simple thing. I want to, pay to, 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 to make this thing. There are those of us who are now adults who owe the herb, Daha, a debt of gratitude. And uh, from the point of view that when we were growing up, being small boys in rural areas, our parents used to plant this thing, which not we did not know what it is at that time, and dry it and pack it in mesh boxes and sell it to clients. Sometimes when they are not in and they are at home, I'll take it and also give clients and take money and keep it for money. <laughs> that money bought me short pants, bought me school uniform. Mm. At some point, that money took me to high school, even at university. One day I became a lawyer, and I, I still remember vividly how my mother would tell me that I don't have money today to send you my son because my clients are not coming. And at some point the clients would come and uh, pay and then I would receive money for many things. But what's now, your point I here, Mlif? It's simple. It's simple. Legalize. That's what I'm saying. Legalize yeah. uh, DACA or legalize drugs? Okay. Legal, no, legalize DACA when it is used for legitimate purposes. Got you. Got you. Uh, and Quentin is agreeing with you here. Uh, does Mandla in Deep Clove? Uh, let me be a bit uh, brief here. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, uh, I see police in Deep Clove, uh, how they operate. Um, and briefly, some of them, I think they even smoke it because uh, the symptoms of the facial expression of the people who smoke Dacha and the private investigators of Deep Clove um how you see them on the faces i think they also smoke it as well and they also deal with the drug dealers as well because one minute the drug dealer will be will be arrested and uh, in like five ten fifteen minutes time he'll be back on the street and selling again and i think what should be done i don't know but i think what should be done is that um if we can reshuffle the police maybe take police from the people who don't know exactly what's happening on that area what's going on, and they just uh, come and they try and uh, stabilize the, 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 the situation. Or 
round two is something that maybe many people wouldn't agree with. But sure. maybe if we can take um, Robert Mugabe's uh, police and then try and just come and stabilize the situation. Because I know sometimes, you know, when you've got some whip, people can start uh, acting up really, really, really well. Dosmanla, thank you very much, a deep clue. Anonymous in Durban? Hi, good day. Good day. Uh, I think we should take a different approach because we find that we're saying that the smaller guys are getting caught. Why don't SARS and the company do lifestyle audits? Because we know some of these big drug dealers are fronting money through different companies. You know, so I think we should start there. And so it will eliminate the cops of the ground catching, you know, just the end users. The other point, we have these drug mules uh, that are stuck in overseas jails. Mm. Why don't we bring them here and find out who the handlers are? Because these people are getting caught, but the handlers are still carrying on their merry way around here, and they don't seem to be having any implications. You know, so I think if you look at that, you'll eliminate the, the big guys. You know, and that's what we're looking to do, because they sit as uh, so-called respectable businessmen sometimes. You know, so Thanks, uh, Anonymous in Durban. Thomas in uh, Modefontaine. Sir. Hi. If, uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure, go ahead. I want to, I want to comment on drugs. Yes, that's the topic. Go this ahead. The thing is, it, it confuses me sometimes. I can just uh, take an example about when I, sometimes I hear on the radio that police arrested a woman or a man with a 10 kg, 5 kg of drugs. But my question is, where do they take those things? Okay. After arresting someone with those things, where do they do those stuff? Okay. Thanks, Thomas in Modifontaine. Last one, Kola uh, Mtata. Kolani, actually. Uh, good morning, Kolani. Kolani? Hi, Bondi. Hi, hi. Okay. I think the truth, as much as it hurts, we, if the South African government wanted to cap drug trafficking, they could do that. We, with is. Um, I'm saying this, we've got what, what's supposed to be intelligence, whether it's national or provincial intelligence. Everybody, if the people that called and those that uh, tweeted and all, they all mentioned the same thing, that it's easy to have access to the drugs. If then you've got intelligence, why can't they do uh, be, it it's so easy for them, like it is easy for the person or a child? In buying that drug. So if our government was serious enough about capping and trying to stop drugs, they have the power, they have all the electronic systems to utilize and do that until our government is honest enough and tell us that because they are benefiting out of the sale of drugs, uh, they, that's why they won't cap it. We need intelligence that work with the SAPS, SAPS that is intelligent enough as well to identify drug uh, dealers within our communities and our societies. Thank but you. it can be kept, but the government needs to to, uh, to be honest and be truthful uh, with us. Olani Mtata, thank you very much. And uh, Sam, I'll come to you just now, really. You, you've put this uh, across quite clearly that it's not about intelligence. I mean, police know where these uh, drug dealers are. Communities know where mm-hmm. the drug dealers are. They know what kind of drugs are sold there. So it's mm-hmm. really not about crime intelligence. It's really about the will now and even political yeah. will in some instances to arrest these people.
The forum at eight at today we're talking about uh, drugs and problems associated with drug abuse in our communities. Uh, Sempile, let's uh, come back to you right now. You heard what our listeners are saying. Your comment, please. Sam is gone on the line. Quentin, a a whole lot of issues, including crime, intelligence. We know the hanglers, the mules who are in other countries must be brought back to deal with this. Legalized uh, uh, marijuana also is is another, uh, you know, assertion Mm. here. Mm. Uh, And and, uh, the issues of families and how they are uh, affected by this. Look, the the thing is, we we do know that... um, we know that addiction really does destroy families. We know that. And, and you know, I, I run also one of the largest outpatient uh, treatment programs in the country. We have hundreds and hundreds and possibly thousands of people in our program at, at, at any one time um, right across the country. I, I really am on the ground level seeing what the, the, the destruction that addiction causes. But I'm also just at the point where I've realized that we can't point the finger at one drug. Mm. In, in fact, if I have to look at our, uh, our, st- our internal statistics, alcohol probably does a lot more damage. Um, and and w- we probably see about half of the people that we see is for alcohol. And alcohol does a Oh, you can't believe the damage that alcohol does, that it, the havoc that it wreaks in, 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 in families. We need, to, we need to get our minds wrapped around the, the factors that the drug doesn't really matter. I think I, I said that right in the start mm. when I came mm. in. The drug really doesn't matter. We have to look at the fact that what causes addiction is sadness, loneliness, um, loss, trauma. A lot of other things, but those are the sort of uh, the big four, if I can put it that way. It's easy to get into the drug usage yes. and, and abuse, but talk us through the journey now of trying to get. And, and at what point do you realize that what I'm doing is wrong? And how do you then start the process of getting out of it? Well, you know what? There's a, a lot has changed uh, on on how science and how people see addiction. But I think what we need to say is the moment that you that your life becomes unmanageable with that substance or action in it, then it's time to stop. Um, you make a decision. You realize that you, I can't carry on like this. I can't keep on using. Uh, for me, I. It took a lot. I was, <laughs> I was in fourteen rehabs, which which didn't work for me. Why? Um, because I didn't want it to. I didn't want to stop. I was continually forced into rehabilitation when I didn't want to stop. It was only when I decided to stop on my by myself and actually do something about it that 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 it actually worked. The next thing is choose a ensure that you choose a treatment program that's going to work for you. And yeah. how do you know which one works for you? Look, here's the whole thing. Because your family is concerned, they take you to a rehab, yes. they force you to go there, uh-huh. and the program that you get into really is what gets prescribed to you. I- exactly, and you get told what to do. If I told you that you're not allowed to drink a beer, yeah, you're going to say... <laughs> I'm going to have a problem, yes. Oh, uh, we're going to have a problem, my friend. Ah. But, but I know that it, okay. it's not but good if for me. I Look, bottom line is... Uh, There are many different treatment methodologies. Let's look at what works and what doesn't work. Well, we know that uh, Professor Malaka from um, Mpumalanga University, I think it was 2013, uh, I stand corrected on the year, but I I believe it's 2013, did a fantastic research project on on, uh, rehabilitation centers throughout South Africa. 
thousands that he researched, and he found that, uh, for instance, the uh, the methodology that they're using, which is uh, typically the Minnesota model, which is what they call it in in most rehabs, has a great effectivity rate of about three percent. Mm. So three out of every 100 people going into a rehabilitation center actually ever see recovery using that model. There are hundreds of other models that actually have much higher success rates, much better success rates that we have to look at. All right, your SMSs, I'll read them shortly. I think we've lost Sam Pillay on the line there from uh, the Anti-Drug Forum South Africa. But uh, Monty Mbangeni, go ahead. Yes, uh, um my point is going to go straight to the, to the political department of South Africa. Uh, we recruit people from our local local areas and we deploy them from the very same place where we, we, we recruited them from. So that those things that are affecting us at, at the moment, we, there are some of the guys we, we go to say very same places where we get our beers in the afternoon and we, they, they are our policy also. So like those things that like would affect uh, the whole country, if you can shuffle the police, that can help us a lot, eh? Thank you very much. Monty Mbangen. Okay, Thank police you. deployment, uh, rotate, rotating police, but also let me read a couple of SMSs here and uh, let, let's hear what uh, what they say about the police. Uh, I'll read those shortly. Salim, is, is Salim on the line? Salim, good morning. In good Durban. morning, Bongi. Hi. Good morning, Bongi. I think the problem is when I hear Clinton speak, he tries to give us the impression that drugs can be good. It's a wrong impression. You know, I think he could be a danger to, to us that, you know, that thing drug is bad. The problem is when the drug, you know, people are caught, the courts are too lenient. They're out, they get caught today and they're out in the street tomorrow. We're not, we're not seeing harsh sentences. We're not really seeing hard action taken against the drug dealers. You know, drug is destroying the communities. I'm in Chester. I can see what's happening. And I know what Sam Pillay is saying because he's doing a phenomenal job. We've got to really get hard the sentences got to be tough on drug dealers. Thank you, Salim and Durban. Now, listen to this. These are SMSs coming from our listeners. And, and, and just listen and hear how many times I'm going to uh, call the name police. First one. I'm scared to report drug dealings here in PE Motherwell because some police work together. Uh, will pass on information, then you get killed from Anonymous. All right, let's go to another one. This one says, it's about time to offer rewards for reporting drug dealers uh, that make it uh, activate to report them uh, and also reward the police for arrests uh, that have been made there. Okay, Mm -hmm. Dave in in, in Eastern Cape, thank you very much. If you submit a list of drug dealers to the police, they tell bring us uh, tangible evidence, and it ends up there. No investigations. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. Let's hear about the police some more. The dealers are known by the police. There is no political will to arrest them. That's do me. Mm-hmm. And this one says, why is uh, SAPA not having undercover police? Okay, I guess SAPS, mm-hmm. uh, undercover police in these heavily drugged areas. Services of informers to assist. Let's hear about the police some more. Let me see if I flip over here. Okay. Uh, redefined processed food is also drugs. People are dying of lifestyle. Okay, this one, mm-hmm. we're not talking about the police. But mm-hmm. uh, by and large, you, you hear that, uh, you know, uh, there's, there, there's a relationship that exists sure. between the police and in some areas. Not all the police, I must say. Not all the crooked policemen. I can see we're going to run out of time, so I'm going to sum up very quickly. What 
what the chap on the phone said beforehand sure. does not nece- I, um, I don't think uh, that perhaps he understands me. I'm not saying that the, the drugs are good or whatever the case would be. What I'm saying is is that addiction is the problem. Yes, he has, he, that's that's one thing. Um, I'm not pro nor anti drugs. Yes. To, to be very honest with you, yes, I may run the Anti-Drug Alliance. It's, it's, it's the name of our organization. But I'm neither pro nor against the use of it. People have, people are old enough to make their own decisions. They have choices. They have choices. Make your own choices. Make your own decisions. If you need help, we're there. But um, what you're saying is police, police, police. We cannot live in a militant state, my friend. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is as soon as police do start cracking down, let's look at what happened in El Dorado Park. Okay, um, Derelene James writes a, a heartfelt, beautiful letter to 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 President Zuma. Um, two weeks later, the army, the police, um, everybody arrives in Eldorado Park and arrests everybody. Mm. They move out, and within twenty four hours of them moving out, everybody was back. Mm. So the the thing is, we we're sitting with the chicken versus egg situation. We would not, uh, a lot of people say, yes, take, get rid of the drug dealers. Well, my friend, the demand is so high, there is always going to be drug dealers. Drug dealers simply supply a demand. W- taking them away isn't going to take the problem away. Why do be- people take the problem away, Quentin? I'm interested to know. <laughs> the fact that we live in a broken society where people need to medicate themselves against loneliness, pain, anxiety, Fear, depression, all the time. Living in South Africa is is hard. People, if you grow up in 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 poverty and the only th- and it's not your turn to eat tonight, mm. and somebody gives you some dacha and says this is going to take the pain away, my friend, you're going to use it. You come from a a, a family that is doing well, a middle class family. You really, you 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 not don't at have all those kind no, of no, problems. No, no, no. But I, that's I, where you find a lot of problems. Also, yeah. Look, I I don't come from. Uh, no, I'm not talking about uh, yes, you. Yes, I'm yes, just yes. saying. Yeah, even. It, 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 it hits across the board. Ten years ago, we could say, okay, well, this class uses that drug and that class uses that drug and that class uses that drug. It's, it's straight across the board. There, there is no more um, profiling. Mm. We can't say that someone from a wealthy, uh, uh, an upper middle class area, LSM 5 and 6, will only use CAT. Or, or this. Now cat is being used in the townships, it's being used in the suburbs, it's being used in the city, it's being used in the farms. It so what, do we do? what do we do in 30 seconds to in get In 30 it right? seconds, I think we need to realize that we are broken. We are a, a broken country and we need to start healing and start helping each other. Giving each other a hand up, not a hand out. And start realizing that when people are hurt and broken, they're going to try and medicate themselves. And most of the time, they need help, not jail time. Okay, thank you very much. Quintin van Kerken, the South African Chief Executive for Anti-Drug Alliance. We had on the line earlier on uh, Sam Pillay. Unfortunately, he dropped. We apologize, Sam. Uh, the director of the Anti-Drug Forum uh, South Africa. Thank you very much for all the SMSs, tweets and the calls as well uh, and uh, Facebook messages. It's uh, 9 o'clock. That's us for today. Let's do it again tomorrow for your midweek edition of uh, AM Live. Goodbye.